0: Everybody, welcome. Today is Cyber Monday, November 28th, 2022. Welcome to episode number 249 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald and Over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day to you and providing my expert analysis on each of those stories and what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize it today? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, you're gonna get asked in an interview, how do you stay current? This will be a great answer. In addition, we cover lots of different topics, lots of different terminology. Settle in, you're gonna, you're really gonna get value out of this. But before we get into that, I wanna give a shout out and love to the stream sponsors, starting off with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Listen, Barricade Cyber Solutions, you can see the website right up on the stream here. They're dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Links in the description below. You can see this is their website on stream if you're watching visually with us. You scroll down about a half a click. There's Eric Taylor's schedule, that's his picture. You just grab a day, grab a time, set up a a, a no-nonsense call with Eric. Hey, here's what our business does. When would we call you? What would it cost? How quickly could you help us? Do we need to activate our insurance? Oh, you talk to the bad guys? Oh, you you can negotiate down the ransomware? Oh, you you actually know how to get our data back? Thank you. I'll take some of that. Definitely consider if you don't have a plan in place, hope is not a strategy, y'all. Also want to give a shout out and love to the other stream sponsor, Eric Capuano and the whole gang over at Recon InfoSec. Love what they're doing. Recon, Infosec specifically, they're managed detection and response, MDR. So if you've heard this term before, MDR, managed detection and response, it's basically outsource security operations, just like some businesses outsource IT. Sometimes you wanna outsource your security operations, which is basically like watching the wire, incident response, handling the day-to-day, you know, false positives, uh, Carl clicking on stuff, right? Their MDR offering includes the people, the process, the technology needed to deliver full spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. Their MDR service includes fully managed SIM and SOAR, and customers gain full visibility into their own environment as well as any incident investigations being worked by the recon SOC. Guys, some MDRs suck, and all they do is they like hook into your tech stack and then throw alerts over an email to you, which does nothing for you. Recon Infosec, it's it's basically turnkey. Here's our logs, you you guys handle it and let us know what's going on, right? It's, it's a cool option. All right, I wanna remind you, if you hold professional certifications like Sysp, SysM, CISA, like many of us do, and many of us in chat are going to go get certified. You've got it on the schedule, you know what's up. Well, when that happens, you're gonna to have to do CPEs. Every episode of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, just like this one, is worth half a CPE. That's two and a half a week, roughly. Last week, it was only two. 10 a month. What's up, Jeremy Williams? What? Did we just become best friends? Be sure to say what's up in chat, hashtag team live if you're not sure what to say, or good morning, and literally document the easiest way, and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn cpes if you've been here a minute you know how much fun the stream can be and if you're new you're gonna love it trust me if you are live super happy that you're here i see 106 of you already you can see in the bottom right corner that's an active count of how many folks are in here love it love it love it hashtag team live if you're on replay guys team replay are people too i totally respect and uh and love the team replay hashtag team replay thanks for catching the stream Reminder: You can catch the stream in your in your um, podcast app of choice. Just type in "Simply Cyber Podcast," right, and boom. Look at this first first result. There's Apple Podcast. Boom on stream. They're all there. Right after the stream ends, we load it up into the um, into the podcast apps, and everybody gets into it. Now, if you're watching on replay or listening on replay. You can jump forward a minute or two because you got the power of uh, time travel. But for those who are here live, before we get into the news, I want to just spend a couple minutes. Welcome, everybody, and say good morning. Hope everybody had a good weekend, especially what's up, squad. Alicia, Jerry's in the house. JP, I see you. Brian W. Hope you guys are enjoying the new squad emotes. Um, We're getting close already to unlocking another emote, so I'll be uh, offering the squad... Four options to pick from. Hey, Terrence Billinsley. Jeremy Williams, thanks so much for the super chat. I'll take a slug of coffee for that. Worked all weekend and the Saturday. There it is. Hitting the Big 40 tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday, Jeremy Williams. Wow. Hello, Gary. Got the jaw jacket on. Tom Bishop with the coffee. Hey, John Hart. Good to see you any great cyber monday deals let me know in chat i've got got my eye on a sony <laughs> zv1f but that thing doesn't go on sale ever hey gary sturgiotis good to see you hey guys fun fact oh just to buy with the super chat thanks so much what? guys i've got friends? uh yep. great news i'm recording um stay at home no, no no uh retail carrie you'll love this retail to cyber uh uh pivot And tomorrow I'm doing Paramedic to Pivot. So Jeremy Williams, on your birthday, I'm covering that one that you'd asked for. And then I've got Stay at Home Parent to Cyber coming up next week. I'm super pumped about this series. I've had a lot of people reach out to me. It's going to be great. I've got a couple sponsored projects uh, coming up in like a week or two, which is totally gonna be awesome because it's gonna fund all of this, uh, you know, Pivot into Cyber series that I'm working on. So I'm super, super excited. But guys, You came here for the jaw jacking, but I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt it with some news. Let's get into the news. Sit back, relax, and I'll catch you at the mid roll for Callan's artwork of the day. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Monday, November 28 2022. FCC announces ban on Chinese telecom and surveillance equipment. This total ban applies to Chinese companies Huawei, ZTE, Hytera, HikVision, and Dahua and is due to what is being called an unacceptable national security threat. They are included as a directive in the Secure Equipment Act of 2021, which was signed by President Biden in November. Hytera, HikVision, and Dahua must provide details about the safeguards they have implemented on the sale of their devices for government use and the surveillance of critical infrastructure facilities. The FCC explained that the above companies are subject to the exploitation, influence, and control of the Chinese government, and the national security risks associated with such exploitation, influence, and control.
0: Okay, a couple of things here. One, before we before we get into uh, the story, look at this 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 blog post. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Mastodon. We've reached complete like complete social acceptability. Mastodon is is now being dropped in blog posts. <clears throat> for people's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for people's socials. So there you go, Mastodon. You're a real boy now. All right, so check it out. Um, the United States FCC banning import of Chinese equipment. Okay, here's a couple interesting things. One, yes, national security threat. We don't know what's going on. Guys, um, a couple things here. One, I don't know if, the, like to me, there's a couple things going on. One, this almost seems like a, Um, almost like a very polite diplomatic um, gesture, uh, almost posturing of an economic sanction, right? Like we can't, we're not gonna sanction like, oh, no one, we're not gonna buy from China, but this effectively impacts the ability for, uh, this is gonna hurt China economically, right? Because now the United States isn't gonna be purchasing these things, right? And the US is one of the biggest consumers in the world, uh, of tech and stuff like that so I find this interesting. second of all um, guys I, I know not everybody is super tech and stuff like that but guys it's it's not hard it's not hard to stick like whatever uh, uh, an IOT camera or some type of nest thermostat from ZTE or whatever a digital assistant from hike vision right it's not hard to stick it in, on a network with a network sniffer or run the traffic through it and see what it's sending to China or what it's trying to send, right? Like doing the analysis on what, what, you know, security issues there are is, is, is totally possible. So either one of two things happened, one, they did this, the U S government, and it was determined that it was unacceptable, although they're not going to cover what it was doing to me, that would be an interesting story or they don't have the time, the money, the effort, and they're just like, "Oh, like whatever, like we're just not going to do this." If I had to guess, you know, I, I hate to be cynical and speculative, but it just seems more like a, a like a, an interesting way to sanction China without it being a sanction, right? Um, I don't know, I, I'd really like to see what what the um, unacceptable security threats are as they said in the story. Um, We've been working our way towards this, right? The federal, US federal government has stopped, uh, you know, importing chips from China, uh, like computer chips and pushing out chips. And now all of this stuff is unacceptable. Guys, I heard over the weekend, my aunt told me, I didn't fact check this, that Apple iPhones are like six months out, right? So like if you wanted an Apple iPhone today, or if I dropped my phone in the puddle, you're not getting it until like May timeframe. That's what I've been told. I don't know if that's true, but it's all about what's going on uh, with China and the supply chain. And, and also, I don't know if it's related to this or not, but also the um the COVID lockdown and restrictions that people are losing their mind about, and rightfully so in China, there's like revolution in the air. I just read V for Vendetta. So you'll have to give me some, um <laughs> you'll have to grant me some grace because I see like, authoritarianism and and, uh revolution all over the place now anyways long story short this is gonna this is interesting and this is going to be painful for many of us because there's gonna be fewer options on the market for technology prices might go up we're entering a recession which totally sucks um so be mindful of this and i i don't know if it's too late but if you want to get some of this tech and test it you better go to best buy and get your cyber monday deal on because These things are, like,
1: as soon as the product's out, that's it. New Windows server updates cause domain controller freezes and restarts. Microsoft is investigating LSAS memory leaks caused by Windows server updates released during the November patch Tuesday that might lead to freezes and restarts on some domain controllers. LSAS, short for Local Security Authority Subsystem Service, is responsible for enforcing security policies on Windows systems and it handles access token creation, password changes, and user logins. If this service crashes, logged in users immediately lose access to Windows accounts on the machine and they're shown a system restart error followed by a system reboot. Microsoft is working on a resolution and says it will provide an update with an upcoming release.
0: All right, so. If you're um, if, if you're a regular of the show and you attended last Friday's episode where I did it from the Hot Mess Express studio, um, you know there was no actual CISO series podcast. So I just curated eight stories that I picked myself without reading ahead of time and then did them live on stream. This was one of those stories. So we've already covered this, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, DC's... DCs have a memory leak from uh the November patch Tuesday there is a workaround I remember it's somewhere in here if if you need if you're experiencing this there's a registry key that you can flip here it is um you know it just rolls off the tongue the old uh, hive system current control set services kdc set to zero guys basically if your dc is is uh b- rebooting itself randomly if you even notice most people have multiple DCs and they're they're built in um, they're built to be resilient. So most people might not even notice their DC is rebooting. But if if you are experiencing this, there's a good chance this is why um, there is a workaround. And I'm sure that Microsoft is going to release a update on Patch Tuesday in December, which is just nest, next week. So be mindful of this. Again, this story is interesting. It just goes to show you how complicated uh, the Windows operating system is. And you know something that's been around forever, the LSAS, um, can still have issues when because it, it's code. D, uh, DC, um, naturally, naturally, me is domain controller. A domain controller. So really, really quick for those who are uh, not uh, fully up on it, a domain like in a Windows environment, which is basically like everybody's business, right? Every every company, unless say, you're a small business and you just use Office three sixty five. But when you get over like say a hundred users or so, and you want to manage Active Directory on prem you can do it, I guess you can do it in the cloud. But anyways, a lot of Windows networks have active directory. And that's how you like authorize resources to be accessed, like file servers, computer systems. Like when you log into your computer and you type in naturally me and then your password and hit enter, the way it authenticates that you're actually who you say you are and you have the correct password is the Windows computer you're logging into reaches out to a domain controller, right? Active directory. Uh, well, in active directory in the domain controller. And it it, it goes through this, this Kerberos process. It's very complicated, um, but it doesn't matter. And it, and it authenticates who you are and comes back and says, yep, here's a ticket. They're allowed to access all this stuff. Good to go. Well, that LSAS service is what is is part of that authentication mechanism. And there's a memory leak, which just means it consumes memory until you run out of memory on the machine, on the domain controller. domain controller takes crap and, and reboots itself because it's trying to, it's like panicking because it doesn't know what to do. So domain controller uh, handles like, um, like domain names for like file servers. So, like if your file server was like naturally me's file server, th- that's what we'd all call it. That's how you'd map to it, right? It's the Z drive maybe. Uh, but but the domain controller handles all of that complexity and makes it simple for users to c- uh, connect to um, resources on the network and stuff like that, finding a printer, got those kind of things. Um, and if your DC is fails, then you can't find stuff on the network. It's a hot mess. It's not good. Um, and really quick, uh, if you're interested, uh, look at the Merck. When Merck got hit by NotPetya, they lost. This is a, a multi-billion-dollar international conglomerate. All their DCs went down except for one in Ghana, I think. And that one was just offline or was it wasn't. It didn't have internet service at the time. And you could see what happens to a company when they lose their DCs. It's pretty, pretty nutty. Okay. Plus, uh, B-Sex in here. Yeah, it does run DNS. B-Sex in here. He, he
1: knows uh, DCs too quite well. WhatsApp data leak. 500 million user records for sale. On November 16th, an actor posted an ad on a well-known hacking community forum claiming that they were selling a 2022 database of 487 million WhatsApp user mobile numbers. The dataset allegedly contains WhatsApp user data from 84 countries. The threat actor claims there are over 32 million US user records included, also tens of millions of numbers from customers in Egypt, Italy, Saudi Arabia, France, Turkey, Russia and the UK. The seller did not specify how they obtained the database, suggesting they, quote, used their strategy, end quote, to collect the data. WhatsApp parent company Meta has not commented on this story, but industry experts suggest that this collection of numbers could have been achieved from scraping and not hacking.
0: All right. So someone's got 500 million user records. WhatsApp is a very popular form of uh, uh, app for messaging, right? Does Facebook own WhatsApp? I'm not sure. I, I think they might. Um, but anyways, long story. I don't, I use WhatsApp for one family thread because one, one, one faction of my family wants to use WhatsApp. So I have to be, I have to be on there, but, um, here's the deal. WhatsApp requires you to put your phone number in and thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So they own Facebook, uh, Facebook owns them. So it it requires you to put your phone number in. Okay. Now, someone has captured all those phone numbers or at least 500 million of them and is trying to sell them online couple things going on here one why would you want to buy the phone number well if you guys have um received if, if you've been awake for the last uh you know or if you've you've been conscious over the last six months there's no question that you have received a text message from some random phone number that's like hey it's helen Should we meet up? Or hey, are we still golfing? Golfing at three o'clock? Or hey, like I had a great time last night. Like love to see you again. Like some BS garbage mess message. And what they're trying, what the threat actors are trying to do, is get you to respond. And then they're like, oh, I thought it must be a new phone number. I got it wrong. How are you? Ugh. Like romance scam. Ugh. Crypto. uh, Crypto scam. Ugh. Right. So whatever. I never reply to those things. I really shouldn't do a video about it. But anyways. Those numbers are prime uh, opportunity to begin fishing, smishing, vishing, if you want to go that route now. So, so what's up? So there's value here. Now, they said that they didn't explain how the threat actor got the content, but it's possible it was scraping. Let's take a minute. And just for those who may not know what sc- scraping is, let's talk about it. So there's two way- well, there's multiple ways, but like a popular way of collecting data, is through a data dump, right? So there's like this database online, maybe it's misconfigured like a leaky S3 bucket and you're able to access it or you hack into someone and then you move over to the database and you dump the database, right? So this is like what most people think of when there's like a data breach, okay? You get this massive data load uh, and then, you know, you encrypt their data or whatever, you exfil it and then you sell it, okay? Well, there's another technique called scraping which isn't, I mean, it's not technically hacking, but if there is some way to get access to information um, through the normal means of like, you know, the online portal or the app itself, and you start collecting it, this is called scraping. You're like literally able to render the page and then you scrape off something of interest and you put it to the side, rinse and repeat. Uh, Another example just happened like maybe six months ago where with Twitter, you were able to put in like, you were able to map someone's email address to their actual Twitter handle. And I think it was something like, you go to, you like forgot your password and then you put in your handle, which anyone could get, right? So at Gerald underscore Osier on Twitter. And then it would like, you'd you'd hit the button and say like, just send email to, you know, Gerald at simplycyber.io, right? Now this, that's how you would scrape my email address. And now you'd have a Twitter handle, email address, Twitter handle, email address. And you could use this to load phishing. Now, finally, you might say, like, "Oh man, that sounds like a lot of work." Well, you can automate that, right? You can automate scripting. Do like, you know, do this. Go to this page. Curl this page. You know, rip out whatever uh, the the value is in between these two brackets. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. Okay, so this is how scraping can be done wholesale. Probably what happened here. Uh, the way to fix this for WhatsApp is to basically figure out how you could have scraped the phone number, and then you know either either button that up somehow uh obfuscate the phone number uh in whatever the scraping method was whatever long story short if you use WhatsApp expect expect to get a bunch of uh new text messages about like hey like let's like let let's let's have a romantic dinner or whatever I don't know I don't know
1: ransomware gang targets belgian municipality hits police instead oops The Ragnar Locker Ransomware Gang has published stolen data from what they thought was the municipality of Zwindrecht, but which turned out to be stolen from Zwindrecht Police, a local police unit in Antwerp, Belgium. The leaked data reportedly exposed thousands of car license plates, fines, crime report files, personnel details, investigation reports and more. This type of data can potentially expose people who reported crimes or abuse and could compromise ongoing law enforcement operations and investigations. Belgian media outlets call this data leak one of the biggest of its kind that has impacted a public service in the country, exposing all data kept by Zwindrecht police from 2006 up until September of this year. All right.
0: All right. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry, guys. You're looking at me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so this kind of sucks. Ragnar Locker is one of the um, I would say, tier one uh, ransomware threat groups, like top five. Um they hit what they thought was a municipality, and instead they got uh police and then they published it on the wall of shame. Now a couple things here. One, when they publish it on their wall of shame, I, I heard this uh I listened to Darknet Diaries our Evil show uh driving up to my my family's house for Thanksgiving. Uh they post these things on torrent sites which means you can't take them down, right? It's like it's it's sticky. It's not like a web server that you can just pull down and then, you know, you're 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 you've cleansed or you've sanitized yourself from the wall of shame. No, typically these things are torrented so you can't. Second of all, um these threat uh, ransomware groups, they get data like all over the place. And yes, they um Yes, exactly. So they look through some of the data, which is probably why they thought it was a municipality, but they're not going, they're not, they're not like a forensic auditor Jim Lund. they're not going through all of the data and being like, oh, okay, so this is, I immunos- mean, oh, this actually could be a police uh law enforcement. Blah, blah, blah. No, like they probably open like five or six random files and they're like, all right, this is what it is, pay or we're gonna post it. They didn't pay, post it. Because honestly, if you think about what the criminals are doing, they probably have multiple victims that they're working with and like, they don't have time to go through this crap, nor do they have any interest. All right, so that sucks. A B um this is actually really interesting. So as they were telling the story, here's what I was thinking. The fact that they're releasing sensitive police files is concerning because, you know, like say you were an informant, say you're an undercover cop, say you um say you're the one who issued a uh, a statement and which led to the arrest of someone, right? Um, you could then be targeted by, you know, angry or upset or friends of gang members, whatever, uh, for, for doing your part, which would then in, like almost motivate you not to want to go to the police. Right. Cause snitches get stitches kind of thing. But th- there's a lot of risk here. Now, wh- why am I concerned about that? Well, the, <sighs> If if threat actors start hitting police departments and releasing this information, it's a public safety issue. So now the police departments might be even more inclined to want to pay the ransom, which is what the the threat actors' main goal is is to get paid. So I'm just a little. Hopefully this doesn't set a trend. I mean, you could say the same about healthcare, right? Hitting healthcare uh, is a massive. Uh, patient safety, human safety issue, and threat actors have kind of steered away from that. There's a couple that go after it, but for the most part, they stay away. Um, so, anyways, not not good. Um, and the final thing I'll say is, if they need me to come in, I've been wanting to go to Belgium forever to try their their monastery beers. <laughs> so, if they need help, uh, I'm available, and I would I would like to come help them. But um, Anyways, hopefully, you know, all the best. Uh, Hopefully this doesn't turn into something negative for these people um, who are informants and hopefully this
1: doesn't set a trend. Let's go ahead and listen to the mid-roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Automox. Automox allows you to automate the configuration, patching and compliance of your Windows, macOS and Linux systems all from the cloud. Visit automox.com to start a free trial and have all your endpoints safe and secure in just 15 minutes. Automox is also offering special pricing from now until December 31st, so you can start 2023 off right and get automated patching without breaking your budget. To learn more, visit automox.com. That's A-U-T-O-M-O-X.com. All
0: hey, 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 hey. All right, it's the mid-roll. want to thank all of you for being here. If you're getting value from the show, take five seconds and hit the thumbs up button or the like button or whatever button it is that you guys have. Hit it, it helps the show a lot. It's an easy way to say, Jerry, I like what you're doing here. Let me me say what's up. So uh, I would appreciate that. Again, thank you to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec for sponsoring the stream. It allows me to do a lot of fun stuff and deliver a lot of value to the community I saw Carrie ask a little minute ago, I'm filming the retail to cyber story later today. It won't be released until next week. I'm filming the paramedic to cyber story tomorrow, and I'm filming parent to cyber on Friday. Want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you. If you guys got the newsletter this morning, I saw Jim London chat mention it. If you got the newsletter this morning, you know what's going on. Delivering piping hot value 6 a.m. every Monday morning to your inbox. I actually forgot because of the holiday. I went for a run yesterday and while I was running, I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot the newsletter. So after my run, I came back to the to the studio and uh, took care of the newsletter. So uh, I provide three actionable tips for you. Um, it's, it's, it's no nonsense. It's a 90 second read. It's not pumped full of fluff or, or any other crap. It's straight hot hot information that you can leverage immediately If you didn't get the email, then it's either getting stopped at your mail server or your spam. So check your spam folder or sign up with a different email address. Either way, I'm super pumped with this newsletter. We've been doing it for probably like three or four months and I've only heard positive feedback. Um, I've only heard positive feedback. So get up on the newsletter y'all, 171 of you in here. All right. Hey, you know, one thing that we do for fun on Mondays is my son Callan does a piece of artwork every Monday. So today's Callan's artwork of the day. Here we go. This guy, it's, it's the holiday season and he's still doing springtime stuff. I love it. And it says, I love you. <laughs> I love you much. All right. Thanks so much, Callan, for the great artwork. We appreciate that. Guys, a little update on stream schedules before we get back into the uh, the show. Uh, this is my last week teaching at the Citadel for the semester. So we will be 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time next week going forward until the spring semester starts up. I, if, if you're new here, I teach at the Citadel also. And I teach at 8 a.m. Tuesday and Thursday. But the semester ends this week. And we're all 8 a.m. all the time. Also. I will be, I've been doing World of Haiku and Haiku Pro Streams every other Monday. I'm going to be kicking that up to every Monday, every Monday, starting in December. And I will be throttling backwards on Threat Gen Red versus Blue to every other Wednesday. Although they will be doing a stream every Wednesday, I will be streaming it. It'll be me driving that show um, every other Wednesday in December. So a lot of... I mean, it's not crazy changes, but like 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the streams, every every day going forward next week, Haiku is bumping to every Monday at four, Threat gen, every other Wednesday at 11.30. So get some of that. All right, we're gonna get back in, but let's get the la 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 las. Back into the news, y'all.
1: It's a little abrupt. Meta but- <laughs> confirms U.S. military involvement in sprawling, phony social media operation. People associated with the U.S. military were behind dozens of phony Facebook accounts, more than a dozen pages, a pair of groups, and 26 Instagram accounts that pushed pro-U.S. messaging largely to audiences in the Middle East and Central Asia while attempting to hide their real identities. This according to Facebook's parent company Meta in a report published on Tuesday. After researchers first exposed the decade-long operation in August, the Pentagon ordered a sweeping audit of how it conducts clandestine information warfare, according to the Washington Post, reporting in September. Citing unnamed U.S. officials, the paper reported that U.S. Central Command was among the entities under scrutiny as part of their potential role in the operation. A spokesperson for the U.S. Central Command declined to comment on Tuesday.
0: All right. Okay, so basically, Meta did an internal audit and found a bunch of uh, sock puppet accounts and sock puppet activity associated with the U.S. military. Okay, like interesting, but at the same time, guys, like we are all lying to ourselves if we did not, if we think that the U.S. military and the and, and you know federal government in some capacities is not doing this type of activity. It's not like bad guys only do this type of stuff. It is a tool in the toolbox of espionage and national security. You know what I mean? So like, it's not surprising. Um, I guess if anything, this is interesting in that it shows kind of at least the scope and reach of the U S military's involvement in this type of work. But guys, um, You know, I'm not. I'm not really surprised. The United States is a first world cyber power, right? Like, I'm. That's not a flex. That's just a fact, right? We are, um, a first world power, right? And in order to do that, we do lots of things. You know, we do things. There's four ways. Okay, guys, really quickly. There's four ways to to have power, right? There's four ways. That's it. Everything's gonna map into the four: diplomacy, control of information military might and economic you know economics right you can sanction you you can have money you can you can have the juice all four of those and in order to continue to have power you have to be good at those four things right diplomacy you hook up people right Uh, information you control. Well, sadly you control the flow of information and, um, how it gets out there. You do psyops, disinformation, misinformation, uh, dropping propaganda leaflets over, um, the, the public of your adversaries. Military is obvious. Just go kick a mud hole in a door and, and, and and, you know, you basically, you know, use military power and then economic sanctions, right? Like that's why North Korea steals so much money because they have economic sanctions up to their neck, right? They can't, They can't import-export, really. (laughs) So, anyways, this is how you influence and manage power. And this is just one of the tools in the toolbox that the United States uses in order to do that, okay? Um, So, if anything, this is interesting, but this should not. If this surprises you, you need to do a little bit more research in this space because this has been going
1: on forever, okay? Okay. Dell, HP, and Lenovo devices found using outdated OpenSSL versions. An analysis of firmware images across devices from these manufacturers has revealed the presence of outdated versions of the OpenSSL cryptographic library, underscoring a supply chain risk. EFI Development Kit functions as an interface between the operating system and the firmware embedded in a device's hardware. Per firmware security company Binarly, the firmware image associated with Lenovo ThinkPad Enterprise devices was found to use three different versions of OpenSSL OEM, dating back to August 2014. The company said, quote, this clearly indicates the supply chain problem with third-party dependencies when it looks like these dependencies never received an update, even for critical security issues.
0: All right. Hold on one second. Binarly... I'm just going to take a guess here. Does binary sell a product that does software retail bill, bill of materials? Let's see what they say. AI powered firmware protection. Okay, so they do firmware validation and protection. Okay, so again, it's not surprising, right? So their sto- the story here is that um, they found a leaky firmware. How could we fix the firmware? Don't worry, we have a product that does that. Okay, so here's here's the thing, right? This this is going to be one that anyone with gray in their hair is going to be like, preach. Listen, yes, open SSL versions are outdated. Okay, yes, there was just a big kerfuffle in infosec community around, um, you know, a, 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 open, um, an open SSL three version vulnerability that needed to get patched. Remember they were gonna release it and then they like they they teased it, teased it, teased it, teased it, and then it finally dropped and it was like not that big a deal. Guys, when you run a vulnerability scanner and you get back all these like findings of like expired SSL certs or outdated open SSL versions and stuff like that. The reality is most practitioners uh click on the filter and then they filter out <laughs> those ones. Okay, I'm not saying it's not important, all right? But the 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 encryption is still happening, okay? It's just that there is a vulnerable version. So maybe you could you could reverse the encryption or you could get in the middle of the encryption, right? But to do that is sophisticated. And in this case with these devices, their firmware running the SSL versions you'd have to get physical access to the device, okay? So if you are a VIP or some, you know, like, whatever, like President of the United States or something like that, yeah, okay, but you probably have layers of security. Like, there's a German Shepherd parked in front of the laptop, and you're in a room that has guards, guns, and gates behind it. And, you know, like, you get it, like, they wipe or re-image your laptop every day, so there's, like, no no, um uh legacy data on it like exact like just bear with me i'm coming up with all these examples of like different types of controls but my point is yes this is an issue but not all security vulnerabilities are created equal from an impact in a likelihood variable okay like the risk of this isn't that high but you have to do the threat you have to do a threat uh, assessment right like my laptop could totally be vulnerable to this And it's like, all right, like someone steals my laptop. That totally sucks. But is there anything on my laptop that is really, really sensitive? Do I have some like incriminating evidence of like a a crypto scam project I'm running, right? There isn't, but my point is, you know, this company sells this product that helps with this problem, right? So obviously they wanna highlight the, the issue of the problem. But in the reality, this isn't something that people are getting out of bed for to to fix or handle all right and i'll go back and look at chat and see uh see if anyone disagrees with me sometimes i take these hot takes sometimes i take these positions but this is how i operate as a ciso okay so you know mark tape if you're if you're a ceo and you find this appalling then i'm probably not the ciso for you But in the grand scheme of things, man, I've got much bigger fish to fry than an OpenSSL legacy version on your laptop, Carl. Carl! Carl's clicking on links, man. I'm not worried about his UEFI
1: firmware version. (laughs) I'm worried about the freaking ransomware detonate on this dude's machine. To cut cyber turnover by encouraging volunteer work. Companies are encouraging their cyber employees to volunteer at nonprofits, a nudge that managers say can help businesses retain in-demand technical experts despite high turnover in security roles. The Cyber Peace Institute, a Geneva-based group that helps nonprofits, humanitarian and healthcare organizations address cybersecurity, set up a program last year to enlist professionals from the corporate world to explain things like email phishing to nonprofits who might lack the budget to hire their own experts. Claire Ross- Oh, hold on. So, Chief Executive of ISC Squared said cyber-volunteerism can also bolster the team as a whole. Stepping away from day-to-day work and looking at different organizations as an outsider can give employees a fresh perspective on their own job, she said. Quote, there's a case that allowing employees to go and volunteer in other organizations is actually going to strengthen the security posture of your own organization.
0: Okay. Okay. Hey, Cyber Diary. Regarding that project plus, I know it can be boring, but take 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 abstract out the big picture of how a project's executed because everything we do in cyber, it, it it can be boiled into a project. So it's it, there is value there. Okay, guys. This freaking story: businesses hope to cut cyber turnover by encouraging volunteer work. Are you freaking kidding me? All right. So, oh my God. Oh my god! Okay, so are you like this? This is laughable. (laughs) Okay, guys. Yeah, I'm all about some nonprofit. I'm all about some volunteer work. I love, dude. Simply Cyber. Like, I mean, it's not that it's nonprofit because there is money in it, but but, like, it's it's doing good and it feels good. But guys, here's my thing. If I work at a company and I'm get and I'm getting toasted and uh, like. To cut cyber turnover, right? You know what you can do to um help cut cyber turnover? Break cash, homie. Pay me. Pay this man his money. All right, guys, you know what? You know what? I don't need another job for free, <laughs> right? if If I'm trying to make ends meet, if I'm trying to pivot into cyber, if I'm making less than my market value, I'm not interested in going to work somewhere else for free. Are you kidding me with this? Again, I'm not dismissing the value of volunteerism. And yes, nonprofits cannot afford cyber professionals typically. But I think for me, the problem is that this article is saying, okay, well, actually there's a keyword here. Here's the keyword. I can't highlight this. Hope. Businesses, hope. Businesses, hope. You know what? Here's a surefire way to cut cyber turnover. Pay what people are worth this is ridiculous. This is the most like tone deaf business side of the house take I've seen in a while. Laughable man. All right. Like I just, this doesn't, this doesn't even make sense to me. Yeah, I get it. You can volunteer and that's great. But like, but by the way, they're saying go out and find your own Find your own opportunity. A nudge that managers say can help businesses retain in-demand technical experts. Like Maybe if the business sets up with a nonprofit and says, hey, we have this whole relationship. It's It's already set up for you. Do you want to do three hours a day? And oh, by the way, by the way, it's three hours of the business week. So instead of coming to work on Friday, you can go do nonprofit work on Friday. I'm sure that's not what's happening here. I'm sure this is like, no, 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 no. You work your 40 hours plus extra when there's actually issues and, you know, weekends when there's like an LSAS problem rebooting domain controllers. And then we need you to go ahead and uh, volunteer because that's going to help you out, right? Again, I hate to kick like. You know a blind dog by saying that nonprofits shouldn't get help they should get help but this this story is annoying me It's it's it, it, me. It's so it's so deaf man
1: quote Automakers are locking the aftermarket out of ECU's As vehicles start to integrate more complex systems such as advanced driver assist systems and over-the-air updates Automakers are growing weary of what potential bad actors could gain access to by way of hacking whether those hacks come in an attempt to retrieve personal customer data or to take control of certain aspects of these integrated vehicles, automakers want to leave no part of that equation unchecked. In order to prevent this from becoming a potential safety or legal issue, numerous car manufacturing companies have moved to heavily encrypt their vehicle software. This kind of total lockout presents an interesting challenge for tuners who rely on access to things like engine and transmission control modules to create their products. All right. we hope that-
0: all right. Um, okay, cool. So this is interesting. Uh, this is interesting. As vehicles become more and more uh, heavily uh, computer controlled, technical, and stuff like that, people want to mod, but like, Car makers, just like, you know, IOT devices, people love modding. There's all sorts of mod communities and, you know, aftermarket products and parts and stuff like that. So vehicles are no different. A lot of times vehicles are actually tuned to not get the most performance out of the vehicle, but actually to have the vehicle last the longest amount of time. Right? So then the, the, you know, your Ford's, your general motors or whatever could say like, Oh, like the, the tires on this car will last 50,000 miles. Well, yeah, Under the current configuration, but if you tune it all up, it's going to get an extra like you know hundred horsepower. But you're going to burn through the tires in like twenty thousand miles or something like that, right? So it's not it's not the automaker's best interest to give you carte blanche. Now, on top of that, there is risk here that if you start tinkering with the computers, you make the car unsafe, right? So, eight automatic braking systems, um, cruise control, all of these things are computer controlled. So if you tinker with it, maybe you accidentally turn off abs maybe you accidentally auto activate cruise control and you know instead of it set to 70 miles an hour it's set to 170 miles an hour so the car just floors itself and now you're out of control right so there is real risk and the automakers frankly don't want to take on that liability so they they lock it down now i i think that they're hiding behind the fact that there's a safety issue and um not wanting to do not Wanting people to mess with it because there's also a secondary market where you can only go to a certified Chevrolet dealership to get this thing worked on because they have the keys to the codes, right? So now the secondary market uh, doesn't work. It's all about straight cash, homie. It's all about straight cash, homie. You feel me? So, um, yeah, exactly. So you can see Sex talking about um, emission control and stuff like that. So there's a, a bunch of reasons. Now, I would say, I I, I, would prefer, I, would prefer that you can crack these things open, but the second you crack it, um, you, vo- you, you void all and any warranty out there, right? I'm, I'm a big fan of right to repair, right? So this is kind of a big thing. Um, Apple had a, a lock on it for a while. John Deere had a lock on it. And guys, medical device manufacturers have a lock on it still. It is all about money. Right, it's all about money. You can only pay us. You can only pay me to fix it. Right, like only I'm authorized to fix it. So pay me. It, it's 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 not a scam, but it's a monopoly, uh, and that's what all this is. But as you can see, um, in 2008, um, Nissan had an uncrackable, uncrackable. They said uncrackable ECU encryption and Cobb tuning bypassed it in 2008. Okay, so. As long as there's controls, people are going to look for ways to break them. Uh, auto hacking has really come on the scene ever since Charlie Miller cracked the Jeep uh, and was able to drive it. Teslas get hacked all the time, uh, so this isn't going anywhere. But this is a this is an attempt by automakers to control access to
1: ECUs. Um, They'll continue to be news stories about this. You and yours had a great Thanksgiving weekend. The whole CISO series team is definitely energized after the whole. All
0: right. All right. So let's do this really quickly. Do, do, do. What do we do? All right. So that does it for the news briefing. If you were here just for the news, thank you so much. Really genuinely appreciate it. 173 of you here this morning, uh, getting your daily feeds. I want to remind you guys that um, uh, we're here every morning uh tomorrow will be 10 a.m eastern standard time um for the daily cyber threat briefing normally it's 8 a.m every single day but tuesdays and thursdays i teach at the citadel uh and this week is the last week at the citadel for the fall semester so we will be resuming the 8 a.m eastern standard time schedule Uh, i hope you got value definitely take a minute hit the like button if you got value from it it's a great way to say um you know thanks sherry i appreciated it i got value definitely love it love it love it um i'm gonna be recording some uh interviews here in a little bit i'm super pumped about that look for those videos coming out on the produced stream simply cyber connect with me on linkedin twitter mastodon and jump into the discord server you're gonna love it hey naturally mia glad to see glad to see you're here you're welcome doc same back at you have a great day everyone yeah, I don't know, Patriot Seek. 50 likes, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the, the like helps. The more likes we get, I don't monetize the streams, guys. It's not like there's ads or anything. So the more likes we get, the more cyber people that YouTube's has identified, um, it will push it to so we can get more people. We can share this information with everyone. Hey, hey, Gail Salins, good to see you. Hey, Navina, it's been a minute. Hope you're enjoying your cyber work. Lego Sec, good to see you. Hey, Alfredo. Jenny Housley, Jenny, you're gonna have to be, you're gonna have to join the haiku streams. You're always bailing me out, I appreciate it. Hey, Shane Himes, Jay Smith. Oh, we got 100 plus today, Jay Smith. It looks like we had 173 at our peak. Jeff Witala, great to be here, thank you so much. Hey, Tom Bishop, appreciate, appreciate it. I'm glad you got value from the show. Hey, Mervin, good to see you. Alicia Jerry, have a great day. Terrence Billingsley, have a great day, you're welcome. Yep, feeds the algorithm, you got it, Crypto Beauty. Hey, Crash Override. Enjoy the PTO. I don't know who's getting PTO. Just finished the GRC Masterclass. Great content. Thanks so much, Aaron. Come hang out. Oh, guys, really quickly. If you, um... Like, I I meant to mention this. I'll mention it every day this week. Eric Hildebrandt, you're welcome. This is simplycyber.io slash streams. This Friday, guys, this Friday we are doing simply cyber office hours or off you know our after dark or whatever you want to call it um this is going to be really fun this is going to be a call-in show um all of you are going to have an opportunity if you want to jump onto the stream it will be me and some other mods uh i think base case is going to be there uh bsec's definitely going to be there jack scott's going to be there a couple other people in stream we'll just be kicking it guys uh, cybersecurity shirts and beers uh, or drink of choice and we'll be kicking it we'll be answering your questions we'll be talking about the things that we care about uh, maybe we'll talk about um, sock puppet accounts or we'll talk about um, the uh, social media campaigns or whatever or ransomware or what, you know, Domain Controller is rebooting. Who cares? Whatever we want to talk about, we'll be doing it, but I hope you can join us. It's going to be fun. It's a whole new show. It's a whole new concept that I'm putting together. Um, and this is the pilot episode. But this thing will really come off the, um, uh, like, launch in uh, 2023, okay? Have a great day, Robert Moritz. Thanks, Philip Martin. Thanks, Cyber Munchkin. I hope it is cool uh coffee beer and Carl that's right cool. <laughs> all right guys it says zero people but that's not accurate there's 148 of you. oh there we go 144. all right guys that's gonna do it I leave you to it I will see you guys later tomorrow have a great day uh Lego sec um the simply cyber office hours is December 2nd at 4:30 p.m eastern standard time So Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know Gary Sergiatis asked for it a little later. Hopefully Gary can be there. Uh, We'll do the best we can. Thanks for all the super chats, guys. Thanks for the support. Looking forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.